Welcome to the Great Lakes Call Podcast, Season 2, Episode 21, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. So much to get to on the heels of the Genesis Invitational won by Joaquin Neiman at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. The Saudi League falling apart. Phil Mickelson, the butt of everyone's jokes. We even had a massive Tuesday morning playoff for the Monday qualifier for the Honda Classic. Basically, it was a Corn Ferry tournament with the Corn Ferry off for a few weeks now in the heels of the Lee Kamsung Coast Classic in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. Also, we look ahead as the tour heads to the opposite side of the country, and we are now on Bermuda in Florida for the Honda Classic at PGA National. Thanks for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at theticketnorthernmichigan.com. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. You can even hear us on radio most Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on 93.7 FM, The Ticket, in Cadillac and Traverse City. Also on 104.7 FM, 1340 AM, The Ticket, in Petoskey, Charlevoix, Boyne City. Let's go. The leaderboard, the Genesis leaderboard from Sunday because, whoo, baby, I may not have had some tickets at the top, but I have some sweats. Oh. Sorry about your sorry about your Francesco Molinari. Yeah, actually I I hadn't hadn't done this in a while, but I finally went back to the well. Uh, I didn't win, but I placed some Sunday morning bets on uh I don't know why I bet I bet JT because I'm a homer, but then I also bet Cameron Young. His number his number was very low, but I felt I felt obligated to there was nothing else on. It was going to be a long day. So when he looked like Cameron Young, it looks like he actually, he held him, he held together extremely well, I thought, for, for being a rookie. Just that, I mean, that, uh, that bogey he made on 16 or 7, 16, I believe is what it was, obviously didn't help the cause. Um, but I, I was, I was pretty blown away by, by, um, by how much he looked like he belonged out there, but, and not to take anything away from Neiman. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a great ended up being a pretty good weekend of golf considering how substantial the lead was for Neiman. And you know, sometimes that can make for a bit of a stinker, but it definitely tightened up there late on Sunday afternoon, and that was in large part due to Cameron Young uh really holding it together, as you said, and and uh playing pretty damn well. Also, you know, Colin made a little bit of a charge there on the on the back nine, starting with the eagle on ten. But it'll be interesting to watch Cameron Young now over these next few weeks because we've seen it's like, are we? Is he now on like the Sam Burns trajectory, where you know he popped at Genesis and then went on to win at Valspar not too long after that. Played has played well at Honda. You know, like Cam Young's in the field at Honda now this week. His number has crashed down to 35 to 1 from wherever it was last week, which I'm not even sure, but it has had to be well over 100 and likely over 150. So, but he, 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 if we learn anything from his play over the weekend, is that we shouldn't, like, he didn't show us anything to make us believe he can't keep it going kind of like Thigala, you know, he really held it together um, 
pretty much all the way in that was Scottsdale. Right. So, I mean, these young guys are just ready to compete and, um, obviously, I mean, Neiman, this is second PJ tour. When is a big deal to, to win this event and to go wire to wire and win by multiple strokes. Yeah. I'm glad you pretty brought It's pretty impressive stuff from the young, the young guns in the game of golf going yeah. on right now. Hard to believe he's only 23. Cause he, I swear, well, he has been, he's been around the game since he was the top amateur. So that was, that must've been five years ago now, six years ago. So it's, it's, <laughs> I saw he was only 23 and I kind of shook my head. Yeah, I mean, look at this leaderboard. This uh, Genesis is known for being an old guy. Exper- I know home has won there recently, and I know there's been some first timers and some breakthroughs, but all the young guys are up here. Neiman, Morikawa, Cam Young, Hovland, McNeely, Scheffler coming off the win. Um, Homa was up there again. You know, like, that's a little bit surprising for Riviera and the Genesis. And I think it shows you just how good these guys are. No, I totally agree. I'm glad you brought up Colin. Cause I, I, I did think when he holed out for Eagle on 10 and then uh, Neiman missed that short little birdie on 10, I thought it was a uh, game on at that point. But I think, I think, I think Neiman may have made Eagle on the next hole or, the next par five that he came to, he definitely, he did. Yeah. He did make Eagle on the par five, which was huge. He needed that. Oh, 100%. The margin of victory ended up being two. I think had that been a one stroke lead going to the last, that would have been, you know, he may have been, his heart rate may have been a little bit different. And I don't know, he's a gamer and he looked like he was like, I'm not losing this tournament kind of thing after he had a couple missteps on the back, but another great, a great uh, event and just keep rolling along here. Yeah, I think I'm ready to declare more fandom towards Victor Hovland than Justin Thomas. I love Victor Hovland. Really do. His he, his driver, when he hits the driver, it is so fun to watch. That little guy just pounds the shit out of the golf ball. And it go. It just... He really doesn't hit it that far. For a little guy, I feel like he does. Yeah, I mean, he's short. He's, he's built well, though. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I love Vic too. I cheer for him every time he's playing. I mean, I get a, I get a, I get a kick out of him. I watched some random clip of an interview that I saw on Twitter last night from, I don't know when it was, but he's talking about how having financial backing to start his professional career and not worry about the pension pennies and being able to get double meat at Chipotle really helped him along in his, his career. I saw that. I mean, he's hilarious. I mean, he's just a funny, good natured guy. He's really hard not to root for. What, uh, I think we do have to talk about just how, um, how bad, how bad John, John Rom was at putting. They, he's getting the, he's getting the tiger treatment where no matter where he is in the field, they're going to show, they're going to show him at one under when everyone else is, 12 shots clear of him and he I believe the stat was that he was first strokes gained driving first strokes gained approach and last or second to last in strokes came putting the first two days yeah I was gonna say I think the first two it was bad it was really bad he couldn't make it I think uh I think somebody said that he 
through the first 12 holes, he only had like 40 feet of putts, something less than that, 35 feet of yeah, putts. Yeah, no, I heard that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What can you say about that? He turned it around on the weekend. He shot six under on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't put well every week. I was a little surprised that we were, it wasn't a lot, but the fact that they showed him really play any golf at all over the weekend was a little bit surprising. I guess they just feel from a storyline perspective, they got to mix in the number one player in the world. Yeah. I, I saw a, a ton of complaints. Um, no different than any other week, but this this week felt a little bit different from the standpoint that there were they, people were complaining so much that they were showing like the the marquee players that weren't playing well and they weren't showing rounds of a guy. I think I don't even know who the guy was. Somebody made a comment about one player that they only showed one shot and he shot sixty seven or sixty six that day. He showed one putt, so it's just. And I, I do feel like they have an obligation from from a television standpoint. They should at least show one drive or one second shot, one putt of everybody in the field every day. And I think it's crazy that they don't. It makes no sense to me. Just one shot. They have a little better producing, for Christ's sakes. Not rocket science. You think they're going to show two shots from 70 different guys? I don't even care if it's two. Just one. And only on the weekends. Because I know it, it, then it does get far and fetched when we have like 150 guys, whatever it is. We don't need to see all of... I don't need to see all of the the pre, the pre, pre-routine of these guys. They take... They have like 45-second clips of these guys where they could cut it down to like 10 seconds, just produce a tad bit better. I know. And they just, just a it tad just shows bit you, better. It's insane. They think about the broadcast so differently than hardcore golf fans because it's more of a narrative type thing, and it's it's they want to be able to talk and provide lots of context to every shot and, you know. Well, the, well, the Nick Faldo should, they, they he don't, should they're provide not, context, but he doesn't. They're not concerned with – the number of actual golf shots that they show. They simply don't care about that. I think they've shown that time and time again. But you know what? Things are breaking in your favor here, Hunter, because the way that things are going with the Saudi Golf League, you're going to be able to watch all seven players on that tour hit at least a shot a day on those broadcasts. Yeah. No, I guess I would I would get what I wish for with the Saudi League. That looks like it's I, – I don't know how it's going to happen now. Seems like it seems like if anything died this week, it was probably the Saudi League. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I Did don't you know. I saw. I saw. Bill is just taking it on the chin. Yeah, I. Um, so there was there was a long. This was like 10, 15 years ago. Somebody that I that I hold his word very highly told me that Phil was a bad guy. Like he just thought Phil was a bad guy. He didn't really have many reasons outside of like gambling issues and just like bad morals. And I didn't really like, I was like, oh, well, I don't really, I don't really have one way or another to say about Phil, but like you're starting, I feel like you're starting to see unless, unless he walks back these comments just about perfectly, like in the same steps he came in on, I don't know how he fixes this. This is like very much a human rights issue, and that's a that's a pretty serious issue, pretty polarizing issue. Yeah, did you see Rory's comment? Yeah, and I think that was ferret. The guy, Rory, Rory somehow finds a way to say just the 
perfect thing at the perfect time, more times than not, it seems, without sounding too like, brash. Yeah, I mean, he's the best. Yes, he he's the best. He's the people's goal. He's the people's <laughs> champion. I do wish he would win more often, but he says what we're all thinking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I just love the guy. He's the best. I, I did I did laugh that Bryson Bryson tweeted out his uh, him saying that he was gonna stay on the tour at like two o'clock on Sunday and then his reason his reason for not going to the Saudi League was because nobody else was not because it was blood money <laughs> that made me laugh he just there weren't enough top players going but uh, that's awesome one of the final things I will say on the Saudi League until we have more uh more things to talk about it. Jason Kokrak's comments, I did laugh at, and I kind of, re- I kind of respect in a in a slight way because I think I think uh, I think Jason Kokrak has said the Ed word like within the last five years. I think he's that kind of person, and that's not like I don't want to like. But my point is, he said that he wanted to retire at forty four years old. He just wanted to go make a ton of money and then retire at forty four so he could watch his kids grow up. <laughs> He already has $10 million. He has $10 million in earnings, $5 million in the last year. Like, Jason, if you want to retire, go retire. Like, I couldn't you... resist tweeting about that. You t- I just, I was like, what? No, so are you, you guys are so far out of touch. You know, you should, you should try to get into politics. Yeah. I mean, that's where you see, that's where you are compared to the rest of us right now in another world. So I guess the moral is I don't think Jason's a necessarily a good guy, but I, I appreciate his honesty. Even He's though too I, dumb to figure out that he shouldn't say that publicly, if that's what you call honesty. Yeah, no, and I think uh, <laughs> that's probably what's bordering on. I do, I did see that they, um, they were waiting to announce the schedule until the until there were twenty guys signed, and then they said the reports came out that there were twenty guys signed. And the speculation of the list was very funny. Like who was on who the, it was 10 years ago, that would have been a hell of a European Ryder Cup team. But now it's like these guys are all kind of old and told. I didn't see anybody it was it was all kind of European European names and then a few guys Americans, kind of like the Kokrak of the world, but I didn't see there was nobody there's nobody on there that would that draws eyes. Yeah, no. I saw some funny stuff about comparing it more to the Champions Tour than the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's like there needs to be a, a mid a tour that starts at like 45 between 45 and 50 and that'd be the summer. Yeah. Tour. We need that. That's what the world of golf needs. Hey, real quick, I want I wanted to talk about my sweats over the weekend, not that anybody cares, but since I wasn't sweating it outright. I had plenty of sweats for uh did you see what Carlos Ortiz did on Sunday? Want to go through a fun? No, I I, I did not. Little hole by hole here. Yeah, go ahead. Unbelievable, unbelievable ride. So he's teeing off. In, I don't know. He's here. Let me find out. I'll, I'll, I'll be more accurate. It's in twenty sixth place. He's teeing off. Okay. Going off the front. Do you? What do you have on him? I have like a fifteen dollar top forty. Okay, it's like a plus two hundred odds, plus one ninety. 
and I'm pretty much down money at this point because I hit the Adam Scott top 20, but all my outrights missed and my top five, you know, super long shots like Doc Redman did not hit. Big surprise. I needed to be on Cam Young. I thought Doc Redman was going to be Cam Young, but Ortiz comes out and makes birdie on the first. Easiest hole on the course. He's cruising right along. Bogey's the sixth. Okay, he's even for the day. Triples the eighth. Driving it so far left that it makes Cam Smith look straight off the tee. And then chipping a few times, putting a few times. Lucky to get out of there with a seven. Now we're sweating. Now we're well outside the top 40. Makes the turn. Can't birdie 10. But he's got 11 coming up, right? Things are good. Looking good. Doubles 11. The par five? That's correct. Whoa. So now, if you're counting, we're five over for the day. What place is that? Probably close to last. Checks out. Far enough back that I gave up on my bet. But... In Carlos fashion, he rallies to almost hole out on the par three on 14, make a 20-footer, 15-footer on 16, and then birdie 17 to tie for 39th. Yeah, baby. So I'm still waiting to get to Michigan to see what kind of a dead heat reduction they gave me on that, but they had to at least give me my money back, so. You, you were that's something of a 40. win after you're making triples and doubles through the top, through the first <laughs> eleven holes. Yeah, no, that's a that's a heck of a day. Interesting. When are they going to make the first hole at Riviera par four? I and play this as a par seventy. I don't know. I don't really know what their what the thought process is there. It's a stroke play event, so I don't really know if it's. I mean, like, obviously, it doesn't really matter what the par is. No, it really doesn't. It's just kind of weird. Can somebody, can you take it over that? Can you clear that second? Like I saw everyone was hitting utility clubs. Can you, can you like get lucky and like, what is, what is between that, those fairways? No, it's like real crap. It's that same, whatever that stuff is on, on like eight. That's like running through the split fairways. I don't know. I'd have to ask like, you know, I know several people have played there, but. I don't know what that is. It's like Kikuya Heather or something. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know what no. that is, but it's nasty because if you get in there you, and you're following on the shot tracker, you see some balls going some strange directions and not go very far. What did you call that stuff last week? Because you called it Heather this week and you called it something else last week that I gave you shit for. Hey. <laughs> yeah, hey. All right, so I hit the, the Adam Scott top 20 was nice, and then I hit a uh, – Robert McIntyre top 20. So in the end, it was a decent week. Cam Smith cannot hit his driver straight. So that hurt me in the one and done and the outrights. And uh, Sam Burns missed the cut. But did you see in other news? I wanted to get to this earlier, actually, but it, I just remembered. Did you see what happened at the Honda Monday? I, well, I just it just concluded uh, about an hour ago. Yeah. Pretty wild, huh? Yeah, that's uh, I, you don't see that very often. Of course, of course. Um, 14, 15, 16? 
How many guys in the playoff? A 16 for one playoff. After who, who, Fabian Gomez shoot the low round? Correct. Is that right? That is who I, yes, I believe. That's who I saw as the day was, was winding down. But of course, so they did, they, they went off in a five some, five some, three some, and, <laughs> or sorry, five some, five some, six some. And uh, Rich Lamb made an eagle. Rick. Made an, Rick, sorry, Rick Lamb made an eagle on the first hole. And uh, that was it. So only, <laughs> hard to believe, only a one hole, one hole 16 for one playoff. But then I think somebody else got it in too, right? After oh, is that as an as an alternate as well? So it's still you still gotta like you want to be. So what? Um, so what? This this did happen. Um, Chase Seifert was in the sixteen for one playoff. He missed the playoff, but he was the first alternate at the Honda. So he drove over to the Honda and got the call. That he was in the field. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, and he. Uh, uh, he was like third here last year. He was, yep, tied tied third. Thank you. So uh, that's Monday Q for the. Info. That's an inter- that's an interesting story. And yeah, all credit to Monday Q info for being there and helping us all follow along, which is really fun. Good luck to Rick. Rick can bomb it. He has Mondayed he was into a corn ferry event and won. Yeah, the, I believe the last player to do it. So. Big tall kid went to went to Tennessee, I think, for college. Um, good player. Glad to see him playing well. And bombers do have an advantage at at Honda. A driver can really help you at Honda. Yeah. Um, so you wouldn't think that for a short par seventy, but anyway, we'll get into more of that later. But a lot busy, busy, busy time in the world of golf between playing a great court, a great stretch of the schedule, the Saudi league effectively dying and. And uh, a 50, 16 for one Monday Q uh, playoff on a on a Tuesday morning. I, I want it on the record that I I don't support the Saudi League, but I will watch the Saudi League. I don't, I don't want that to be confused at all at any point during this conversation. How do you? I don't support it. How but do I you? Will sus- watch. You are watching it is supporting it, Hunter. Well, I just had to battle this by watching the Olympics which I ultimately decided to do because I like it too much to ignore, but I'm too weak. But I, I, just, I just find it hard to believe support. that I'm not, I'm not going to watch if they give me, I mean, I was <laughs> Peter, Peter, if they put it at the right time, I was watching the, I was watching college golf from three weeks ago on Sunday morning. Cause there was nothing else on television. So if you put That's it up, right. that was probably a good watch. It was. It was. <laughs> of course, there's something we didn't cover in this podcast. That I should have. Way to which go. We That's will, supposed to which, be your which, department. Which we will mention on this uh, coming up. I program. give out losing gambling picks. You cover what's happening in golf. Yeah. So and that's uh, so that is that. I mean, if they have nothing, if there's nothing else on, which is the case right now, after football, and it, just like the. There's not the Premier League schedules being all weird. Like usually there's Saturday Sunday games, and I haven't. You might want to get you might want to get out of the house once in a while. I get out of the. <laughs> I get out of the house <laughs> so much more than you, and I'm surprised you just said that. And 
you but I don't have the same problems that you have needing to watch the Saudi golf league on a Sunday morning. I, uh, well, just cause if there was premier league, I'd rather watch that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't see any on it. I didn't really want to watch it in Spanish. And that was my only option. So I any more, like... th- any more thoughts on the Genesis before we go around the tours. And I know you're going to take us through some college stuff too. Uh, no, not that I can, uh, not that I think of. I, I love, I love the Riviera, uh, love Riviera place looks so cool it looks almost fake on tv it's so pure yeah i saw some discussions that this might not even be a top five course in la is that possible yeah you know there's really getting some high praise early in the week i mean i know we talked about it last week it's one of the players favorite courses but spieth said it was in the conversation for the best course in the world um i do know many many people have played there do say that it is the best course they've ever played um including people who have played lots of golf in the la area but yeah i mean there's a lot of different kind of plenty of private clubs out there and you know not all of them would allow the pga tour to come so perhaps there's yeah you know some some that are a little more under the radar, super private that I don't know, could be argued or better. I don't know. There's a ton of them out there. You got LA country club, you got Bel Air, Riviera. Um, and they're all different and sort of cater to, a a different sort of clientele. Like I've heard that Riv is more about the golf. Others are more about the social, but all the, all the golf courses are, uh, you know, top notch. Mm-hmm. I've never played golf out there. Have you? No, nor have I. Nor All right, I. let's go to the let's go around the tours since we've recapped what happened on the PGA. I don't know where you want to start. Another corn fairy boys were in uh, northern Florida, Sarasota area. Yeah, they were at the. Um, why am I? Leecom Suncoast yeah. Classic. Thank you, and our. Uh, and a well-known guy, Ben On, took home the championship, which it was a, it was kind of funny. He was getting some flack on Twitter uh, Sunday because they did like one of those videos of him saying it was like a <clears throat> somebody outside the car uh, and him saying like, "Yeah, happy first time winning in five years, I think it is since 2015, six years, almost seven years now." And um, he <laughs> it pans out and he's driving away. It's in a like a $300,000 Lambo. <laughs> That's awesome. Corn so he got, he got killed for owning that car. Yeah. I mean, you look at his earnings, he's, he's made $10 million on the tour. I think is what it was. Something like that. I mean, he, if he could putt, he might be, he's a worse player than Justin Thomas. He's a great, he's a great player. Yeah. I think he's former U S amateur champion, right? At Southern Hills. Uh, but possibly, and then I think he's won at Wentworth, the BMW at Wentworth, I believe. So he's got some, he's got some success, but he really can't putt. I, I think is his his big issue that he's always uh, he's always struggled with. Boy, I feel bad for Michael Gellerman. Did you see how that? I did. I wasn't. Uh, so I so I saw that he 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 had a putt to win it. From probably about twenty five feet, it looked like Is that about mm-hmm. right. And he thirty thirty feet, 30, yeah. 30 feet. He missed, blew that one probably four or five feet by, 
So he needed to make that one to get to the playoff. Is that correct? Or get into, mm-hmm. a, get into two, a playoff? One putt to win, two putts to playoff. Missed that putt. And then he missed the next putt to finish T6. Slide from a T2 to a T6. Yeah. Losing a difference of almost 89 points on the regular stand and the standing list. Now, granted, Gellerman has been playing well. Um, played with Joey the first two days. He actually had an albatross on oh. Friday, which is pretty sweet. So it was a special week. Is that Besides a, is that a for being in contention uh, because he made it two out of five, part five. Is that confirmed too? Or is that just is that was that a scoring mistake, you think, by those bastards at the PGA? Eyes on the eyes on the ground, baby. Okay. I got eyes everywhere, Hunter. Yep. That's what I was I was just clarifying. Because I, I, know, I know that happens pretty often. So yeah, I mean my heart goes out to Michael. That's tough, a tough break, obviously. He thinks he's probably going to a playoff there, maybe even winning the tournament. Ends up in a tie for six without, you know, all all on one green. That's a lot to have happen in the in the course of just a couple minutes. So um yeah, I mean my heart goes out to him and I'm sure he'll be he'll be back and continue to uh keep playing well. Just a tough little speed bump here in the season. Yeah, no, I think he'll be uh you mentioned it. He's been playing he's been playing pretty well, so I I suspect he will. I want to say he's up in the, he's inside the 20. I mean, the tie six obviously would be a huge boon. Yeah. He's, he's currently 16th. So he's in good, he's in good shape for the early, early going. Obviously the difference would be, let's see, 88 points from where he is. You know, he'd be inside the top 10. So that's tough, but we're still going to have to keep playing. Either way, and keep playing well. Yeah, exactly. What a stacked tour! What a stacked tour! You got Brandon Harkins, Ben on Baccia, uh, MJ Duffy, who's a great player, South African. Joey, who's been on tour. Gellerman, we just talked about. Stanger, who's been on tour. Ben Taylor, who's been on tour. Scott Harrington, Ryan Brem. Another Michigan guy. This is just the top twenty-five, so it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a grind all year for these guys. And the top twenty-five at the end of this season are going to be twenty-five really good players because this is a, you know, that's not even mentioning guys like Will Gordon and Chris Ventura. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, and that's that's where it's. Uh... Good riddance to the guys that do want to go play in the Saudi Tour because there's, I think Pat Perez said it, like there are, there are so many good players that would just slide right in that it wouldn't even, I certainly wouldn't miss anybody that would go. It's a very, yes, it's a very good observation on the part of Pat Perez. That's very self-aware, and he's been playing some great golf lately too, huh? Oh, yeah. No, he's not. He's been playing really good. He loves his, he loves his West Coast swing. He does. Absolutely. Now he's probably going to just go home and not worry about playing Florida golf. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he played. If you just take Florida off, I get it. I can't. I've, I'm not sure I've ever broken 80 in Florida. Florida golf is so hard. I can't so play on hard. Bermuda, and I'm bad in high winds. So, like, I'm a nightmare. I'm in the water. 
I can't even tell you how much I wish I I would have done the math when I lived in Naples. Um, if I would have done the math to like, you can play, you could play the same golf ball at Bayview. The only reason you switch golf balls at Bayview is because it hits too many trees and it just exactly gets like right. scuffed up. But you, I can think of several times in Naples, specifically on the first hole, which is a par five with water all along the left side, dog leg left par five water, the entire left side. <laughs> I've lost three balls on the tee shot. <laughs> Start before I even walked more than a foot off of the tee box. I was down three pro V's. So Don't you Florida, hate that when you get that like a weird thing happens and you ha- you keep hitting the like you swear you can only hit one shot like yeah. you you hit you like I've done this in a tournament where I hooked it out of bounds and I'm like oh, geez, here we go and I reteed and I literally I, I swear I hit my first ball with my second ball and then I did it a third time like sometimes your body just like keeps repeating the same motion even though your mind is probably that is my mind but. <laughs> I did that on the last hole of a stroke play tournament once. I put two out of bounds and then like one a foot inside the marker, made like an eight <laughs> on a par three. That was at the Wolverine Grand Traverse Resort. An eight on 18? No, shotgun start. Shotgun start. Okay. I, I this is the say. par three on the back nine. Uh, like on the far edge of the property, I want to say it's thirteen. Um, uh, might be fourteen. It's fourteen. Right at right after the dogleg right down mm-hmm. downhill, mm-hmm. the drivable part for you. Where was their ob? Way left. <laughs> That's the edge Over of the property, the, right in there, the, in the cherry fields. Is exactly right in the orchard. I had yeah. a few over in the orchard there at the seminar. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's not not the way you want to finish out there. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. No, I went straight to the car. So that that's the, the moral of the story is Florida golf is hard, and apparently Michigan golf will be hard too in the right conditions, the right um, the right moments. Before you go on to the next thing, since you just brought up Michigan golf, we haven't talked about Oakland Hills. Yeah. If you didn't see Oakland Hills Country Club, which was newly, I don't know if you want to call it redesigned, or I think they have a word for it now, but by Gil Hans, I think, right? Uh, I believe that. Um, went up in flames late last week. I want to say that was Thursday morning. I can't remember exactly. Um, sounds like they were able to save a lot of the memorabilia, a lot of the history from inside. Um, but if you saw those photos or you ever been on that property before, that was a really sort of sad moment for Michigan golf watching that, you know, evolve on, on Twitter with the photos and the, and the news stations there in Detroit covering it and it took about an hour for the whole thing to go down. So, yeah, it was fast. You know, just, it happened. It was, it was quick, fast and horrific. And it's just the building and the golf course is fine, but Obviously, a lot of history there. Sure, it was a sad moment for me, and I've never even played there. I've been on the grounds once to caddy. Um, didn't even play that course. Played the other course on the other side of the road, but it was still a special experience. It's beautiful property and clubhouse. Um, and I know they're angling hard to get some major tournaments back at that venue, and so this will be, you know, 
a step back, I would think I'm not, I just, they can't accommodate large crowds until they rebuild that clubhouse. So uh, luckily they schedule those things far enough out in the future that maybe it doesn't have a huge impact, but um, just tough to see all the way around. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, you mentioned it like the, the Michigan golf community was pretty beat up about it, but it seemed like it was a very much a, a nationwide, like it was, the announcers on TV were talking about it uh, at the Genesis and obviously Oakland Hills, very world renowned golf course and uh, absolutely terrible to see it. It'll be, I think in nine ninety five times out of a hundred, if this happens to a, another course, they just, it's a, it's a trailer. They really roll in like a trailer for the summertime just to have, just to get rounds out. But I could see them building like a very solid temporary structure in the next like two months. Right. I mean, it's, it's Oakland Hills and I could see them having this clubhouse rebuilt in like two years Yeah, because, it's, because that, it's Oakland Hills. Yeah. I would think that they'd be able to do it pretty, pretty swiftly. Like I, so. would, I would think anybody would, any contractor would jump at the opportunity. Like they might be able to, I don't even know. I, I don't know how logistic I'm not a, I'm not a builder, but I would think if there's any piece of property that will be built very quickly, it would be this one. But who knows? Obviously, it's a. <clears throat> I'm assuming it's a member-owned club, so it's probably it's all you gotta go through the whole democratic process. Um, yeah, yeah, tough thoughts with the community. Hopefully, it doesn't impact their ability to get tournaments. Um, just looking at the future sites, we are scheduled all the way through 2027. At Pebble Beach, Shinnecock in 26, Oakmont in 25, Pinehurst 24, LA Country Club, which we were just talking about 2023. And obviously, we're in Massachusetts at the Country Club this year. And then we're going to be in Marion 2030. So 2028 and 2029 are still at large. And it would certainly seem that being that it's 2022, that would not, a fire at the clubhouse level would not disqualify Oakland Hills from being considered and let's be honest i mean this is this is massachusetts la pinehurst oakmont new york california again more pennsylvania we need a midwest site yeah so um are you looking at are you, are the usga at, just go ahead and make that go ahead and make that official are you at the you're looking at open i assume us open yeah, might even help with the construction efforts to get that site determined, but I don't even actually know the USGA's process for determining those sites. I'm sure it's crooked as hell. Oh, I'm sure it is. I was gonna say Hazel Time, but isn't that a isn't that was that where the PGA was? Not really a US open course. Or is that where it one was the that was was that a PGA championship ten years ago or so? Yeah, and we had that Ryder Cup there. Yes, that's at Hazeltine, didn't we? Yes. Good golf course. Yeah, it's more like Parkland style, but yeah, that's another site they may consider in the in the Midwest. I'm not sure. I mean, are they going to consider Whistling Straits? See, I don't know. I don't know why. There has to be a reason why the Whistling Straits has never held a U.S. Open and they've held a PGA Championship, right? 
or is there not a reason? I don't know. We need somebody <laughs> smarter than us on this podcast to explain this whole situation, but I'm not sure. I will, will have to look into that. I'm, how the process works, I will figure that out. All right, we'll take us around the rest of the tours. Yeah. Uh, so just just to quickly follow finish up with the Corn Ferry. Uh, Ryan Brem finished T thirty eighth, and Joey Garber finished T fifty two. So it's nice to see. I think if both those guys just can continue to make cuts. Especially, I don't know where Ryan if Ryan has a high enough finish, but I think Joey, if he just makes cuts and finishes like thirtieth, right, he'll be he can kind of coast. He's like tenth right now. Uh, I think he's in like the teens, okay. mid teens. So I think they they need to. Uh, I I don't know. I my guess is these guys kind of they go the purses were increased this year, as we talked about on this podcast. But I think what the what the players probably do is give themselves kind of a range of what they think is a, a just a number of points that they think will put them in position at the end of the year. And they do the math that way, mm-hmm. um, which obviously you can accumulate those points, as you said, through a series of just made cuts and, and decent finishes or just a few pop events here and there where you pick up those big chunks of points. Um but yeah, long long way to go. Couple few weeks off. I think it's good that they have a few that they do have a few weeks off scheduled at this time because I do think it's tough on these guys, all this international travel. I thirty guys got a got a bug in Bogota and you know, had, we're sick for a week and you know, that wasn't great. So good time to have a break and and uh you know, go back, get ready to go back into the sort of the meat of the corn fairy schedule in the, in the, you know, starting in late March. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on to the, uh, Latin America or Latino America tour, uh, Alex Scott from Traverse city finished T uh, T 40th in Mexico and Ben cook struggled the first round set 75, a bounce back on day two. He still missed the cut, but shot 68 second round. Uh, and that only missed the cut by one or two. Uh, LA tour is now off until the end of March. Ladies are still off until they are in Singapore the the first week in March. Excuse me. Uh, the senior tour was in uh, Naples at the uh, the why am I blanking on Tiburon? Tiburon, yes, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> at Tiburon, Bernhard Langer won once again. I don't know. Um, I have a few. He shot his age on Saturday, which is uh, which is what sixty four. He has forty six wins on the senior circuit, and he's won ten times since he's turned sixty. He is he's <laughs> he's very good at golf. Very good. Dude, at it's golf. unbelievable. I don't it's know. Unbelievable. Don't it defies know. everything we know about the human body. Yeah, I don't really see him slowing down either. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what would make him slow down. It's the Tom Brady of the Champions Tour. Exactly. Who's apparently not going to be retired. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Tom Brady comes back to football. <laughs> the collective sports world is going to have an ex- is going to be the brain exploding emoji. Is that? Uh, is, are you? Is that the speculation? Are you speculating that he's going to go play for the 49ers? Is that the? I've seen people speculating about of, uh, him. Such a. I always thought that he would that that 
that's his team. That's his childhood team. Yeah, that's exactly. the team that he likes. That's the team that I've always thought he wanted to play for. So it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they ended up doing that. And obviously they have a great team. So I think Tom could maybe manage that situation fairly well, but it's also a really good division. And I hope he stays retired because I don't want to, you don't need that ugly year at the very end. I, by the way, I just looked at the PGA championship future sites were scheduled through 2034. How ridiculous is that? And none of those sites are whistling. And probably goes without saying none are Oakland Hills. So is it possible that whistling has gone from being a PGA championship type course to a U.S. open course? Again, I don't know. We'll dig into that and get you some more details next week, but you'd rather have the U S open at Oakland Hills than at Whistling Straits. I would imagine. The U S open. Yeah. Well, I think we would, I don't really know. I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, it would. I think golf, I think everyone would. Yes. Oakland right. Hills has like a distinctively U S open sort of look and feel to it. Mm-hmm. Big boy golf course. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. On hell side of on hell Cabrera, who is still in jail or is he, is he out of jail? I don't know uh, what our our old friend on hell is doing these days. I assume he's. Uh, I think he's still in jail. I thought he got two years. Two masters in a U.S. Open. Pretty good. Two masters or one masters. Um. Oh no, you're gonna make me look. And then a a, a retired life of crime. Yeah. <laughs> What a path. Yeah, he uh quite the career for, for Mr. Onhell. Um so he No, just won. Just won. Two thousand nine yep. he won the Masters. Oh seven he won the US Open at Oakland Hills. Over. Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Oh yep, yep, that is true. So uh let's move on to uh college golf. So, like I mentioned, I was I was watching TV on on Sunday. Uh, I was watching the the Big Ten Match Play Championship that took place <laughs> two and a half, <laughs> two and a half three weeks ago, I think. Wait, was that also at PJ National? Uh, I thought it was in Bermuda. Oh, is where I it looked. Well, la di da, nice little school trip there. So that is where. Let me just double check that because I it looked ocean course at the Hammock Beach Resort in Palm Coast, Florida. So you're kind of close, but not really. No, you were closer than I was. But um, you're right. I'm looking at the pictures, and it looks like they're on an island. Yes, it does. Uh, so the Michigan did not. Uh, Michigan boys did not partake. The Michigan State boys finished uh, made to the championship. Finished runner up to Indiana. Uh, they were holding, holding the lead in uh, four out of the five matches for a majority of the round, oh. and ended up losing three to two. I, I know James uh, played great. I think he, when I stopped watching on like the twelfth or thirteenth hole, he was up by four, I think, and then um, so they must have they squandered a little bit, but um, they turned it around this past week. Um, 
they played in they played in the the Puerto Rico Classic and uh, ended up finishing fifth. Um, shot one of their shot their lowest career uh, score in school history. Uh, I think that's just a, a true testament to how strong the uh, the Puerto Rico Classic field was. So uh, I I have high hopes for for Michigan State this year uh, as as the season continues. Um, nice to see them get out to a hot start with a second in the match play and then a fifth in a stacked field because I think we both believe that they have high really high potential. You know, I'd like to see them play be playing well going into regionals because they could make a serious run given the top end talent that they have. I mean, they have the reigning U.S. Amateur champion on their team, and and the reigning three guys, three guys Michigan on Open champion as well, and three guys on the team that can beat him yeah. on any given day. So they should be able to do some damage. Yeah, no, I, I have, uh, like I said, I, I I expect some big things out of them. Uh, Moving on to the uh, Michigan State girls, uh, they played two weeks ago in Orlando, finished uh, in sixth place, and now they are over in Houston, Texas at the Golf Club of Houston at the Icon Invitational uh, through one day uh, through yesterday. They are currently T10, so we will, we will update you on, um, on those scores next week for the MSU girls, and then finally the... Um, Michigan, Michigan girls currently, um, they finished the Tulane classic, Tulane classic, uh, in new Orleans, they finished second out of 17 teams on a three day tournament. So, so far that's, that was their first, uh, first event of the 2022 spring season. So, uh, it looks like they actually, uh, I don't know. I'm going to struggle. I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> Ashley uh, Lou. I'm going to say Ashley Lou. Ashley Lou uh, was co-medalist and three Wolverines finished inside the top 10 at the Tulane Classic. And finally, the uh, the Michigan boys team did not partake in the um, Big Ten Championship match play event for reasons I'm unaware of. But they did play in the uh, <clears throat> the Border Olympics in Laredo, Texas, and they finished a uh, tough start to the year. Finished 12th out of 14 teams um, last week, and now they are off until the end of the month where they go to the Las Vegas, Lake Las Vegas Intercollegiate in Nevada. So that's, your, that's your little look at uh, the college golf and the rest of the tours. And uh, LPGA, I don't know if you mentioned this. Yeah, one, but they're, oh. they're still off until next week when Correct. they go to uh, Singapore and then Thailand. Correct. Yep. That is true. All right, looking ahead. We are out of California on the PGA Tour, and we are in Florida, baby. We are on Bermuda. We are in the wind. PGA National. Is that the name of this golf course? PJ National, PJ West. Is it PJ National? Uh, I thought it was PJ National. It's one of these big the old PJ National West course. Is that a possible? Is that what it is? Have you have you been here? I've been on property. I've never played the golf course. Yeah, I've walked the golf course. 
There is water. PJ National is the name of the golf course. And this is the bear trap one where uh, is it 16, 17, 18 is the bear trap? I think that's right. Is that right? No, I didn't think eight. I, for some reason, I didn't think 18 was included. I thought it was just before I woke him. Oh, you're, it's, it's, you're right. You're right. You're right. 15, 16, 17, because two of those are part threes. Mm hmm. 15 and 17, both over water. 15, the water's really, really tight on the right. And 16 is a long par four where you kind of drive it out to the left and then turn to the right, round the water. Very similar, actually, to is it 16 at Bay Hill. Um, before you go to the score, somewhat scorable par five, 18th. Um, the golf course is hard. It's par 70, 7,100 yards, which is pretty short. Um, there are some forced layups. So to a certain extent, your ability to use your driver is, you know, you're not going to be able to use your driver as much here as maybe you did at Riviera. However, good drivers of the golf ball have proven to do well here. Keith Mitchell has won here. Brooks Kepka has played well here. Um, you can gain on the field off the tee here by taking advantage of the two par fives. Um, and because it's very important to, like, if you're not going to be in the fairway, you, sh you need to be closer to the green to avoid the hazards. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fairways are hard to hit here. Greens are hard to hit. Tons of water balls, really, really volatile type of scoring. You know, I mean, it's just really like a bogey avoidance, hold on to your hats, good in the wind, make a lot of pars uh, type of golf course this week. So um, what else to know about the golf course? Uh, you, you mentioned it, but it is uh, the scoring on this golf course, I'm trying to find the exact numbers, but I believe it's over the last, uh, I believe it's 10 finishes. Um, there's never, every score has been between uh, minus six and minus 12 with only three of those being minus 12. I think majority of them between minus six and minus nine. So uh, <clears throat> windy, a lot, of, a lot of water. So I do expect some low, low scores. I haven't seen exactly what the weather looks like this week, but I don't expect I mentioned Keith difference. Mitchell went in here in the past. Matt Jones uh, won here last year. Brandon Haggy actually finished second. Another great driver of the golf ball. Um, let's get a full, let's get a more thorough list of. I got, I, I got a stat for you. The, the Honda Classic has 15 water holes in play this week. The top golfers on 12-plus water hazards in play. Uh, do you want to guess who number one is? Wait, say that again. Sorry, say the, that again. The Honda Classic has 15 holes with water in play this week. Top golfers, so I have a list of the top golfers who are best on courses that have 12 or more water hazards in play. Who is number one? Sungjae. Incorrect. Justin Thomas. 
no. Aaron Rye. <laughs> Mito Piero, though, Mito is number two. So something. Well, that's good because I bet Mito at 45 to 1. And I don't know if. Uh, and I feel really bad not knowing. I assume this is. It's Cebez, so I assume that's. Um, Christian Bazidenhoit. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then uh, Daniel Berger, four. Patrick Reed, five. I do like Patrick. I kind of, Patrick Reed sucked last week, but I kind of like him this week. Oof. I mean, it, it would make more sense, but the ball striking is so bad right now. I don't know. If he could flip, I mean, who knows? He's Patrick Reed, but I'll be out on that. Full list of past champions. Matt Jones last year. Sung J M before that. He's the betting favorite this week. Keith Mitchell, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Patty Harrington, Russell Henley, Michael Thompson, and Rory won here way back in 2012. For a tournament with relatively poor field strength we had 10 of the top 10 in the world uh at the genesis we have zero this week i believe and we only have five of the top 25 i don't know if sungjae or brooks are are in the top 10 of the world right now i don't think they are but they're not oh so for a field that has a somewhat not so great Field strength, this is an impressive list of winners. So I think that tells you something about maybe how to build your betting cards this week. I mean, Keith Mitchell, a little bit of an outlier, a little bit of a long shot. But, I mean, Patty Harrington, multiple major winner. Roy McIlroy, multiple major winner. Russell Henley, one of the best ball strikers in, ball strikers in the game. Michael Thompson. Like, I can see Michael Thompson playing well this week. Great putter. You know, they do say, if you talk to you know, gamblers and look at some of the advanced stats, people will say you can like, there's a lot of ways to play this golf course as long as you stay out of the water. So like, if you have a really great short game and a hot putter or just a really good putter, you can make a lot of putts on these greens. They're relatively flat and small. Once you're on the green, you're in good shape. It's getting there. That's kind of the tough part. So, um, you know, I'll be looking at sort of guys that have really good skill sets either. And, and it's a limit. It's like if you're really good with your irons or you're really good with your driver, you're really good scrambling and putting. If you're really good against the field in any of those three, you know, you could consider that person to be in, in the mix this week. So just while we're on the subject, let's look at the. Let's just look at the history on this golf course sorry this episode's so long wow past 12 rounds you want to make a take a guess at who the number one rated strokes gain total on this golf course is it's only played eight rounds but he grades out the, the best if you look at the last 12 he's only played eight rounds I'll give you a hint. It's his first PGA Tour start of the season. His first PGA Tour start of the season. It's not American. Not um, a lot of Shane, people will be betting on him this week. Shane Lowry. That's a really good guess, but it's Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, I love. Shane oh, that's Lowry. the one thing I forgot to mention. Yeah, Shane Lowry grades out really well in all the ball striking statistics, but bringing his name up reminded me. You'll hear all, all, everybody lives here. 
Oh, yeah. Shane Lowry lives here. Brooks lives here. Berger lives here. Denny McCarthy lives here. You know, maybe 20, 25, 30 guys in this field live within 20 miles, probably at this golf course, 30 miles. So that might be a little extreme, but that I don't narrative think is. is one to kind of look out for. And I don't know, kind of like from a betting perspective, I like the familiarity of sleeping in your own bed and stuff like that. People are going to be all over Denny McCarthy this week. He missed the cut here three times in a row before he tied for third last year. So I don't know that you can just because they're local and they played here before. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to play well this week. I think you just have to have really good. You better be playing well or putting really well because the golf course, this golf course will flat out punish you. You're going to be taking three, four penalty strokes in one round. Mm -hmm. So if you're not hitting it good. So let's go through the, let's go to the top 10 Fleetwood Sung JM. No surprise. Lucas Glover third in strokes gained total despite being 82nd around the green. Um, it's like 7,600 bucks in, uh, uh, draft this week. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Matt Jones, Kind of obvious, Daniel Berger, who has a second here, plays well here. Johnny Vegas, who I think is a really interesting DraftKings and maybe finishing position bets this week, is seventh along with Cameron Tringali. Aaron Wise plays really well here. He was hot coming out of the gates first couple rounds last week. I think he's going to get a lot of attention this week. Uh, and then Brendan Steele closes out the top ten. Other notables on here, CT Pan, 12th, who played well last week. Michael Thompson, 14th, who we've been talking about. Seifert, who's probably going to be really cheap in DraftKings, got in as an alternate, missed in that 15 for one. Monday is 15th on this list. He tied for 30 here last year, not surprising. Horschel uh, is 17th here. He's at 20 to one this week, and he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of love as well. So that's a look at uh, some of the history on this golf course. And let's just expand this out to. 24 rounds and see if that changes very much. Oh, you want to guess at the number one over the last 24? I hope it's Sungjae. <laughs> it's Ricky Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who has one here and plays well here? But those, mo- those models are Palmer. so stupid. So stupid. Okay, We're just wasting Ryan, time on these models. You're giving me Ricky Fowler. It's man. not a model. It's stats, dude. This is how they actually play this golf course. Are you going to bet? say whatever you, you want about it. Are you going to bet no, Ricky? of course not, but it's just one <laughs> thing that's interesting. So, okay, if you follow golf, you've probably heard already this week that Ryan Palmer has the highest score on the bear trap of any player in PJ Tour history or whatever. This dude is third on this golf course in the last 24 round strokes game total. So like, don't let that fool you. He's 40 over on those three holes, but I think he's, if he hasn't won here, he's had a second or a third. Like, I think he's a great price in DraftKings this week. So, you know, like I wouldn't get caught up in that whole, he can't play the bear. Like nobody can play the bear trap except for Russell Knox, apparently. And similarly, everybody's going to play Russell Knox this week. But he has he, his recent history on this golf course is is not very good. So, um, anyway, just a few things to take into consideration. Shall we take a look at the odds board? Because it's pretty funny. Yeah. 
Fire away. So I saw this board and I just started picking up tickets left and right. And I think you'll see why through it here because <laughs> it's so it's just like kind of a trip to look at this. Neiman's still in the field this week, which I can't believe. So some days you're betting favorite at 10 to 1. And people are gonna bet that. Everybody's gonna play him in one and done. I can see why. The second favorite on DraftKings Sportsbook right now is Tommy Fleetwood at 14 to 1. Make it make sense. And he's going to get bet at 14 to 1. Then there's Berger with the mysterious injury and the great course history and a local guy at 16 to 1. And this is where we start to potentially see some value. Is he healthy? If so, I think you would almost consider him a co-favorite or an actual favorite over Sungjae. I'm still not sold. I know the driving is there for Sungjae, but I'm not fully sold on the irons. 10 to 1 is a lot to ask. Louis is right there with Berger at 16 to 1. And Neiman and Horschel has been bet all the way down to 18. Uh, Neiman and Horschel at 18. And then there's Brooks at 20. Twice the odds of Sungjae M. I... Emma Brooks ticket holder already at this point of the week. Lowry 22, Mitchell 35, which I also have. He's playing great. Matthew Wolf is 35 to 1. I find that interesting. Again, you might think this is like a short bogey avoidance kind of golf course in the wind. Why would I play Matthew Wolf? Like Wyndham Clark pops here. If you can hit your driver really well and straight and in the fairway, you have a huge advantage here. And similarly, even with the clubs, when you lay up, at least you're, some guys are hitting driver and you're able to hit three wood or five wood or whatever. That's a big advantage for you. Um, however, I don't, I just don't think Matthew Wolf is hitting his driver that well. Uh, Alex Ander Norin is also 35 to one Hunter's favorite player. Mito has been bet down to 40 along with Johnny Vegas, Ian Poulter, Brian Harmon, who I'm going to guess you like this weekend, Mackenzie Hughes, who is great with the short game. Um, those guys are all 40. And let's quickly give you the 50s, and we'll kind of cut it off there. Bez is 50. Wise is 50. Matt Jones, defending champ. Taylor Moore. Lee Westwood played well here last year. Those guys are all 50. And then let's go to the 55s because Ryan Palmer is in there at 55, which I, for, <laughs> I mean, I think that's interesting. It's five points ahead of Chase Seifert. It just doesn't make sense to see Ryan Palmer right there. And then uh, he's priced the same as Cameron Young, who had the great week last week, and Denny McCarthy. Again, the local guy with the high finish last week, coming in with some good form at 55. I have bet Brooks, Keith, and Mito. I may bet Denny if I get some really, really bad FOMO. And I may bet Palmer. At 55, I think I will probably bet. Look at Palmer for some for some finishing position stuff, but that's kind of where I'm at. What do you what stands out to you? Uh, the one thing that I I've been a couple people have pointed out on on Twitter that I actually I actually don't hate, and you almost kind of just confirmed it a little bit right there with needing to be straight with the driver. I I like Danny Wood plus two. He's like he's two hundred to one to outright. 
He's 43rd in um, strokes gained off the tee. He is a terrible putter, and, he, and he's not very good with his irons. But <laughs> it sounds like if he can just get off the tee, I don't know why. He just – he – he. Uh, I have a feeling with Danny Willett this week. I don't even no, know. No, I feel you. I don't even know I what his – I'm uh, sure – I mean, the guy's won a major. So – uh, I get it, and this is, of course, it's like all of a sudden all the euros are here now. Like Poulter's here, Fleetwood's here, Willett's here. This is where that this is the kind of golf that they like. There's a reason they're all starting their seasons yeah. now. I mean, there's probably more reasons than that too, but I can, you know, like I don't, I don't hate that. I don't. I have no idea what his form is. I imagine it's not very good if he's down here in the 201 range. No, I but, imagine it's. I imagine it's quite bad. I mean, his stats back it up, but. It's a new week, but the fit, yes, is possible. Um, on top of that, I do think you make a really good point. I, I am, I feel like we, I'm leaning. I have to lean European. Um, you mentioned Shane Lowry lives here, but he also he's been on been playing on the DP World Tour, and he's made the he's finished top twenty five four out of the last four times. Um, so some good form coming into it, and he has had some success here. I do believe, um. He's four for four making cuts here. So I, I don't know if I like that 25 number that much to outright. Um, but I feel like I could put down, if I'm going to be light, which I am, because this field's kind of stinky, I'd probably, uh, probably do that plus, plus 140 to top 20. You know, you had mentioned earlier a couple of the guys that I like down the board for possible finishing positions. Aaron Rye is grading out really well in the ball striking. He's 84th in the around and 98th in putting, which is terrible. And yet in this field, that's so bad. And yet he's 13th in the total. So like T to green, he is solid. And he seems like a gamer. Like I kind of like Aaron Rye for maybe a top 30, top 20, depending on what the numbers are like because the ball striking is there and like I trust the ball striking. And then the other thing that I find interesting is like, if you believe, if you're a believer in the short game, I do think Matt Hughes might actually be a little mispriced because if you just look at strokes game total, the last 24 rounds, which is like, you know, Sungjae, Neiman, Cam Young, Keith Mitchell, Billy Horschel, Daniel Berger are the names on this list. Mackenzie Hughes is third on that list. And granted he's doing it by being third and putting and 35th and scrambling. But if he can just kind of like special sauce his way around here, I could definitely see him getting into contention on Sunday and, and maybe being a good play for a top 10 or even a possible outright. I mean, I think my outright card's pretty well filled up, but um, so Aaron Rye, Mackenzie Hughes, I think are kind of interesting. I think Harry Higgs, has a good skill set for this golf course um, driver and a putter. So I think he will fare well again this year. I think he's in decent enough form. I was surprised to see him play well enough to make the cut at, I think he made the cut at Genesis. Um, Sepp Straka is getting into some better form, very, very straight off the tee and good with the longer irons. So should be a good fit here. And I think Davis Riley, again, another guy who's great with his driver, Coming off the corn ferry in good form, you know, he might be a good 
a good look for something in the, you know, like a top 40 or, or, uh, or something like that. And then if you have really strong feelings about guys down the board this week in the 100 plus range, pull the trigger, man, because this is the, t- this is the time to do it. I know we went through those past champions and, you know, there's a Rory and a Henley and a, some really good players up there, but you get, high, you, this is a good week to break through if you're kind of in that mid to lower tier of this field. So if you see something in there where a guy's vibing, you know, ride it out because it wouldn't be a shock to see a 150 to one or higher cash here. Yeah. And speaking of, I don't think he's 150 to one, but I have one more name that I actually really, really like uh, to top 20. Uh, CT Pan is coming off a solo ninth at uh, the Riv. He is three for five at PJ National with a T third last year. He is uh, currently plus two seventy five to top twenty. I really like that. Seems like he plays what? plays well on hard courses. He's he's just like Matt Hughes. Yeah, where he just like you wonder at the end how did he shoot that score because the ball striking statistics just aren't there, but they get it done. So maybe some CT Pan Mackenzie Hughes. Sung JM DraftKings lineups are in order this week. Boy, is that scary. Throw some Denny McCarthy in there. Yeah, that is scary. Terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Well, do you wanna um before we before we wrap up, I think I need to I need to know what, what the the Michigan man in the room thinks about what happened on Sunday afternoon. Oh, I'm just I I'm disgusted. I apologize to everyone on behalf of the university, which couldn't <laughs> And Juwan himself, who couldn't, who went back in on it when he in his post game comments and didn't apologize until sometime yesterday, which I thought was borderline appalling. Um, but yeah, just just disgust at that kind of behavior, and regardless of whatever role Wisconsin assistants or players or Greg Gard played in that. The the lion's share of the blame clearly goes on Juwan Howard. He deserved the five game suspension and maybe more um bad look for the university really a frustrating bad team uh that's been hard to root for they don't really play that hard they don't play clean they just it's just a tough team all year eli brooks has not taken the next step juan has gotten nothing out of this team he's done a poor job with his lineups and his rotations Everything was bad. I was frustrated with the game in itself. But then to see that afterwards, like that was an embarrassing moment for every graduate of the university and anyone tied to the university. And I'm glad he was suspended. And I do support him. I really like Juwan. He's done a terrible job this year, but I feel like he is the right fit for the university moving forward. I've heard people talking about he's interested in going back to the NBA, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I don't even believe that. Um, so I think the future is still bright for Michigan, but that that was a that was an awful display of sportsmanship. I, I laugh really hard at his post-game presser where his, his excuse was he was from the south side of Chicago. I was like, well, I'm not sure that flies. I can't, if, that, if, that, uh, if that's applicable here, but... It's just uh, ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's just totally ridiculous. I don't know how uh, 
two players from Michigan got one game. I don't know how Diabate only got one game. I've never seen. I don't. I've never seen. I, I maybe I've seen harder punches thrown, but he was looking to. He was looking to concuss people with each one of those fists. He's a big dude too. I don't. I don't know how that's worthy. That that should have been more of a suspension than Jawan Howard. Somehow, like Diabate and the other Michigan player and the one Wisconsin player have all managed just to like escape right by all of this because Jawan has just taken every bit of heat for this and i don't know how the players have just managed to not to not uh <laughs> really concur any any kind of damage at all from this well yeah i mean because he was the juan was kind of the driving force behind i mean it's ridiculous hey before we get too carried away on basketball i have a clear vision of what the winning lineup is going to be as i scroll through these stats i am going all in on team no chip no putt and I'm building an ultimate DraftKings lineup. Ryan Palmer is 118th in the short in the stroke in the short game and 132nd in putting. He's losing nearly a stroke around putting to this field. How is that? Like that is crazy. I am I, the more I look at this, this there's no way this doesn't crush me. I love him here. Bermuda is his only positive putting surface. He's bad on POA. He's bad on vent. He actually gains on Bermuda. Why is he 45 to 1 and $7,900 in DraftKings? Good with his driver. Hits fairways. Yeah. Let's go, Ryan. Let's go, Ryan Palmer, right? Brooks, Ryan Palmer. Who else can we think to throw in here? Should we get a little cage league going on here? I thought you had a lineup already. <laughs> you think no, I do. I'm building it right now. Oh, you're in the midst of building it. I thought you. Yes, it's, 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 I'm seeing it form. I've got Mito in here. He's 132nd in the scrambling. No, 100, 100, 104th in the around, 7th in approach, 12th in ball striking. Sheesh. I'm going all in on the ball strikers this week. Should we get a little Johnny Vegas in this lineup? He would, he would fit. He would fit the. Uh, he fits what, the what you're looking for, doesn't he? Yeah. Let's get Johnny Vegas. What's eighty five hundred dollars? Okay, now we're in a bit of a situation. We got sixty nine hundred bucks left. This isn't looking good. Here, where's Aaron Rye? Oh, he's way higher than sixty nine hundred. Where's Danny? Harry Williams? Higgs. Danny Harry Williams. Higgs. Harry Higgs, my guy. Let's see. Let's see what Danny Willett's DraftKings price is. They might just give seven thousand. Seven thousand. So sorry. As much as I'd love to play him, I can. I'm going to put Harry Higgs into this lineup. He doesn't fit the narrative. Harry Higgs is is high. Costs less than Danny Willett. Oh yeah. Get yourself a little DraftKings account there, Hunter. That's see how much money you can burn. That's the last thing I need is a DraftKings account. Oh man, I had such good lineup in a single entry last week. Danny Willett, last 24 rounds, yeah, boy. Pretty good. I'm 44th in this field. He's just one spot behind Tommy Fleetwood, who everyone's going to be betting at 14 to 1. He's 21st tee to green. Oh, yeah. Can't putt, but he's, he can get there. 71st off the tee. 55th in a pro. Oh, yeah, he's the best scrambler in the field. There you go. That's how he gains. He gets it up and down like a madman. See? 
200 to 1. Despite losing... Yeah, you know what? I'm, you know, I don't hate it. Uh, I don't, we can, we, we can I retire don't with this pick. It's going to be a really fun week. Can you tell? Yes. No, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much lower my excitement level is for the Honda than it was for Genesis. I love the Honda. I've been to the Honda, been to the golf course three times. I love it. Let's go. Give me some Ryan Palmer. Give me some Brooks Kepka. Give me some Mito. Give me some Keith Mitchell. It's going to be a bomber's week, baby. We shall see. All right, good luck. All right, talk to you.